0: which is really interesting and the thing is he has seen the light that he's likely to be defeated in the election this year if he doesn't do something about the border the big border mess and so praise the Lord for that bit of light there but uh, in the past he said oh I don't have money to patrol the border but now it's "Oh, I'm going to shut it down so uh, it's not a matter of money a matter of wanting that open. Well, anyway, another interesting thing is, is we read in our scripture reading this morning, our responsive reading, about the son of Azariah there. You remember who the son of Azariah was there? He's also called Uzziah. The son of Azariah, what was his name that we read already in our responsive reading? Well, we read Jotham. And that's a very significant name, very significant that we're reading that this morning, because there was a Jotham born a couple weeks ago, and that's our new grandson. Our new grandson in Florida of Mark and Lydia was born a couple weeks ago, and his name is Jotham uh, Ephraim, Jotham Ephraim Olson. And so praise the Lord for that. Uh, news on Leah. Uh, we have a praise for Leah. The thing is, is that I may have mentioned here before that the last uh, markers that they looked at with her blood test, they were up a little bit. And also they saw some sort of a point of concern on her neck. So they decided to do a biopsy on that point of concern. They did a biopsy this past week. And just got back to results, so I guess Friday night, and praise the Lord, they came back negative. There's no problem there at all. But they're still wondering about the numbers there, and so they did find that she has a staph infection. And so they're going to give her some antibiotics for that, and they say that could make the numbers go up and for the cancer numbers. So anyway, uh, so continue to pray for Leah, but praise the Lord that the biopsy came back good. Well, let's turn our Bibles again to 2 Kings chapter 14. We're going, continuing to go through 2 Kings, the history of the kings of Israel and Judah. And here in Kings, it concentrates a little more on Israel than on Judah. But anyway, here we have Amaziah. 2 Kings chapter 14 and verse 1. In the second year of Joash, son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel, reigned Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah. He was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like David his father, he did according to all things as Joash his father did. Howbeit the high places were not taken away, as yet the people did sacrifice and burnt incense on the high places. And it came to pass, as soon as the kingdom was confirmed in his hand, that he slew his servants which had slain the king his father. But the children of the murderers he slew not. According unto that which is written in the book of the law of Moses, wherein the Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not be put to death for the children, nor the children be put to death for the fathers, but every man shall be put to death for his own sin. He slew of Edom in the valley of Salt 10,000, and took Selah by war, and called the name of it Joktiel until this day. Let's bow in prayer once again, O Lord, we pray that thou would forgive us of our sin, Thou would turn us from it, that thou would open up thy word to us, help us to learn much out of it in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we have Amaziah. Amaziah, one of the good kings of it of Judah. And Amaziah uh, was one of those good kings. The thing is, in Judah there were a few good kings, uh, but in Israel, in the north, there weren't any really good kings. But this one, he was fairly good. We're told in verse 3, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but he didn't do quite as David, his father. And one big thing was, verse 4, the high places were not taken away. And you know, back in Moses' law, they were told to worship only in Jerusalem, only in Jerusalem. And so after that time, they had the golden calves in the north, Dan and Bethel, And then down in the south, the people still didn't worship totally right down there in that they went up to the high places and worshiped, up on the tops of hills and mountains to worship the Lord when they should have gone down to Jerusalem. And so that was an accepted practice they had. For hundreds of years, they kept on going up to the high places. And just because it was an accepted practice, just because everybody did it, just like with the calves of Dan and Bethel, Just because it was accepted doesn't mean it was right, and so here God continually points out that that was wrong going up to the high places just like with the golden calves, and so often the idea is just because something's accepted by everybody, it's right. We were talking about worship this morning, we were talking about types of worship, And today, everybody accepts the modern worship, everybody accepts the modern music, everybody thinks that's fine, but that doesn't make it fine. It's what God thinks is fine. Let me go on here. Uh, Amaziah put to death the ones who had killed his father, the servants of his father had killed him. And that's always a problem with people in high places. They have to have loyal people around them. And they weren't loyal. His servants killed him. But then Amaziah, when he came to the throne, he put them to death. But he didn't put the children to death of the murderers, just the murderers. And that's how it is with the Bible. So far as eternal things are concerned, we go to heaven on our own. Basis of our own faith in Christ, not our parents' faith. We go to heaven by the basis of our own faith, and we go to hell on the lack of our own faith. But the thing is, so far as blessings on this earth are concerned, sometimes what the fathers have done affects the children. And so we have our fathers in America worship the Lord and Served the Lord, and we're still reaping the benefits from that. And why is it that in Africa nothing works? Why is that? Why is it that it's just uh, constant problems over there? Well, one reason is because the history of Africa is uh, in days gone by, the fathers over there, rather than being godly like here in America, they were headhunters They were uh, cannibals. They were uh, people uh, taking, you know, going to war with each tribe. And they were having child sacrifices and all, human sacrifices and whatever. And so that a lack of blessing goes down to the children as well. And so anyway, we have Amaziah. And so we come to verse 7, which is significant for our study today. He slew of Edom in the Valley of Salt, 10,000. He defeated Edom. Well, you know, there's a very famous picture of Edom in one of the modern movies. And uh, in Indiana Jones. And Indiana Jones, they have them looking for uh, the cup of Jesus. And they're down there in Petra, down in the desert, and that was where Edom was, right there. You know, where they were in the, between the mountain there and the temple there, carved out of the rock. That's what, that was Edom. And Edom was very strong. They had their home up in the rocks. They had uh, carved out a home up their fortress up there. But yet Amaziah was able to conquer Edom. He defeated them and slew 10,000 of them at one time. He thought he was doing pretty well then, so then we come to verse eight, verse eight. Then Amaziah sent messengers to Jehoash, the son of Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, "Come, let us look one another in the face." But what does that mean? Let come, let's look one another in the face. Yeah, let's look each other in the face. But the thing is, that meant let's come out to war. We're going to face off our armies against each other. Verse 9. And Jehoash, the king of Israel, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying, The thistle that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give thy daughter to my son to wife. And there passed by a wild beast that was in Lebanon and trode down the thistle. Thou hast indeed smitten Edom. And thine heart hath lifted thee up, glory of this, and tarry at home. For why shouldest thou meddle to thy hurt, that thou shouldest fall, even thou and Judah with thee? Well, so Amaziah, he had defeated Edom, he had defeated that city up in the rocks of Edom, and he thought he was pretty big then. He thought he was pretty great. He was lifted up after a victory. And so he says, well, he's going to go and defeat the northern kingdom of Israel. Of course, the northern kingdom of Israel was normally bigger than Judah. And it was at this time. And he thought he'd go up and conquer them. And he sent to the king of the northern kingdom. And the king of the northern kingdom gave a little parable here talking about himself being the cedar of Lebanon and Amaziah being just a thistle on the ground that got trod by a wild beast. And the king of Israel said, you better stay at home and not meddle to your hurt. You know, when I was going to college, I had to make up a few credits. And uh, I was going to Christian college, but I had to make up a few credits, so I went to Ohio State for a quarter. And there at Ohio State, I took a course in Greek, ancient Greek literature. And I don't remember much from that course, but I remember one thing from that course, and that was hubris. And the great theme of ancient Greek history, ancient Greek literature was hubris. And hubris was where a guy gets lifted up in pride to his own destruction. And that was a great theme for the Greeks. It's a great theme in the Bible, too. That's a great theme of mankind. People get lifted up in pride to their own destruction. We just had that scripture for the call to worship. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So, you know, that's gone all through history, all through history. You know, my, hit, my heroes from the Civil War, uh, the Confederate heroes that I like, Jackson and Lee, They both had times when they got lifted up to their own destruction. And uh, Lee, when he ordered Pickett's Charge, there at Gettysburg, he had had so many victories and he got to the point where he thought that the Southern Army and he he were invincible more or less. And he was going to send 15,000 soldiers up against the Union line, but that wasn't enough for that strong position they had. And... The thing is, he had a great defeat there at Pickett's Charge. He was lifted up, and he got, although Lee was a great man, normally very humble, but that one time, he got kind of enthused to his own destruction. And, of course, after the charge, he said it was all his fault, and that was probably true. And then Jackson, he uh, had very few times when he was lifted up, but there at the Battle of Fredericksburg, he was there, and they had a really strong line there, and they were really defeating the Union Army big time. Well, Jackson had part of his line that had woods there, and he thought that uh, oh, the Union's not going to come through there. you know. And, of course, he got overconfident, got lifted up a little bit, and the Union Army, sure enough, came through the woods, and he had a lot of trouble patching up that hole. He had to send in Hood's Texans there to patch it up. Well, anyway, he was lifted up a little bit. Hitler in World War II, he defeated France, he defeated most of Europe. He got lifted up, and what did he want to do? He wanted to go to Russia, to his own destruction out in the Russian winter there. And here we have Amaziah. Amaziah, he got lifted up by his victory over Edom, and he ended up getting... Uh, the deserts from that, and we go on to read in verse 11. But Amaziah would not hear. Therefore, Jehoash, king of Israel, went up. He and Amaziah, king of Judah, looked one another in the face at Beth Shemesh, which belonged to Judah. And Judah was put to the worst before Israel, and they fled every man to his tent, to their tents. And Jehoash king of Israel took Amaziah king of Judah, the son of Jehoash, the son of Ahaziah, at Beth Shemesh, and came to Jerusalem and break down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim unto the corner gate 400 cubits. And he took all the gold and silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house and hostages and returned to Samaria." And we're told in Chronicles that he got a lot of hostages there. And he brought 100,000 hostages back to Samaria. And Amaziah had a great defeat here after having been lifted up to his own destruction. And Amaziah lost all his treasures. He lost everything. And he meddled to his hurt. And now let's go over to chapter 15. And we come to the son of Amaziah. Amaziah was lifted up in his pride and was destroyed. And we have his son Azariah. Azariah here, chapter 15. We read this in the responsive reading a little bit earlier. Chapter 15 of 2 Kings. Uh, we have this is continuing with the story of Judah here. Uh, there's a little bit there in chapter 14 that goes back to Israel, and we'll look at that next time. But here we have Judah continuing continuing here in chapter 15, and we have here Azariah, and it has just a short section here on Azariah. And you know, Azariah had another name. His other name, which is much more famous, is Uzziah. He was Uzziah, but he's here called Azariah. You know, that's very confusing in the Bible, isn't it? That you have all these names that are a couple different names for somebody, and you have a lot of people that are named the same name. Well, we have the same thing in America today. On my, uh, Some of my supporters of our mission, just to give an example, I have a supporter of my mission that's named George Terry Long. And his, his real name is George, he always sends in his donations with George, but he wants to be known as Terry, and so we always know him, he used to go to the prison with me when I went to the prison, and so he's known as George, he's also known as Terry, and, uh, and then we had another supporter who soon passed away, and his name was George, and his name was George Marvin, and he always wanted to know, be known as Marvin. So we had George and Marvin, George and Terry, and two Georges. And so the names are confusing here in America, and they're confusing in the Bible. You just got to study it and try to keep them straight. So here we have Azariah, Uzziah. And verse 2, we have 16 years old was he when he began to reign. He reigned 52 years, a long time. And if you go to Chronicles, Chronicles centers more on Judah and it has a long section on Uzziah there and it calls him Uzziah there but here in Kings where it concentrates a little more on Israel the northern kingdom it has a short section on him and it calls him Azariah and verse 3 he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord he was one of the good kings of Judah he did right in the sight of the Lord according to all his father Amaziah had done But they always had that problem of the high places, verse 4, save that the high places were not removed. And then verse 5, it's interesting here, here in Kings, it doesn't give us any details, but it says, And the Lord smote the king, so that he was a leper unto the day of his death. Well, why did the Lord smite Uzziah, Azariah? and made him a leper. It really doesn't tell us here. But it tells us there in verse 6, it says, and the rest of the acts of Azariah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Well, what book is that that it's talking about? Well, that's talking about First and Second Chronicles. Just an exact word there, the Chronicles of the kings of Judah. So let's go back to Chronicles and see a little more about Uzziah, the son of Amaziah, Uzziah. And we have here 2 Chronicles chapter 26, 2 Chronicles 26 and verse 16, 2 Chronicles 26, 16. Uh, Kings passes very quickly over Uzziah, but here we have some more details about why Uzziah was stricken with leprosy. Why was he stricken with leprosy? Well, we have that because of pride again. Amaziah was defeated and in great diseases, had everything taken from him because of pride. And here his son Uzziah had the same problem with pride. Verse 16 of 26 of 2 Chronicles. And when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord his God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest... Now here it gets more confusing. Because not only is Azariah the name of the king... But Azariah is also the name of the priest here. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah. Of course, it keeps things a little bit straight here because it uses the name Uzziah for Uzziah and not Azariah. Verse 18, And they withstood Uzziah the king and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the son of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for thou hast trespassed. Neither shall it be for thine honor from the Lord. Then Uzziah was wroth, and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was wroth with the priests, the leprosy, even rose up in his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And Azariah the chief priest and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead. And they thrust him out from thence, yea, himself hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelt in a several house, being a leper. For he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And here we have Jotham here again. And Jotham his son was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. So here we have the sin of Uzziah. And you know, we have good kings in the Bible, but all of them have some problem. All of them have some problem. Even David. The great king, who's going to be the prince in the millennium, I believe. And yet he had the great sins of, with Bathsheba and also of numbering the people of Israel. He had his faults. And Uzziah was basically a godly king, but he had a pr- problem, and that was pride. He was lifted up with pride. And he says, verse 16, he was lifted up to his own destruction. To his own destruction. And so he decided that he could go into the temple and he could offer up sacrifices in the temple. And he could do everything since he was the king. Well, you know, there are rules for doing things with God. This book, this Bible is full of rules that have to be followed. God has rules. He still has rules today. And here there was a rule in the ceremonial law that only priests could go into the temple and offer up sacrifices of incense, the sacrifices of animals, and offer up all those things in the temple. Only the priests. And here Uzziah thought he could do it too. He could do everything. He was lifted up. He had had victories and battles. He was lifted up. But you know, they had some good priests here had Azariah, the priest, and they decided that even if the king was going to put him to death, which was a very big possibility, they withstood the king. They told him that he was doing wrong. They reproved him. and They said, it's not to you to burn incense, but to the priests. Well, you know, what was the reaction of Uzziah? Well, it's what you would expect. He was angry with the priests. He was wroth with the priests. And he was ready to punish the priests. But God prevented him from punishing them. And God struck him with leprosy right on the spot, right at the moment. And so often in the Bible, you can see God's hand by the timing of things. That God does things right at the moment. and Right at the moment, the leprosy rose up in his forehead. That's a great judgment there. Leprosy was a very feared disease back in the Bible. And if you were a leper, once again, we've gone over this before, when you were a leper, you had to be separate. You had to go down the street crying, unclean, unclean. And in the movie Ben-Hur, it has a very good depiction of the lepers there. How they were down in the cave, and they had to let down the food down to the lepers. They couldn't be even close to them. And the people all had their skin falling off. And so even the king here, he was smitten with that leprosy. His skin was falling off. He had to dwell in his own little house there apart from everybody. And he had to do that clear till the day of his death. That was a lot of judgment upon Uzziah. But God, of course God was gracious to him, not letting him continue in his sin, he judged him. And when God's gracious to us, many times he judges us for our sin. Of course, I'll repeat my old uh, quote there, nobody ever gets away with anything. And the thing is, is that God always judges sin, and sometimes he judges it right away, And sometimes it's a very heavy judgment, like we have here with Uzziah. But getting back to the rules, there are rules in the Bible for doing things. And sometimes the rules are not, thou shalt do this or thou shalt not do that. Sometimes it's the principles of God's word. And we were talking about worship this morning. That's a really big thing in our world around us today. And we're a, very sm- we're a very small remnant majority- minority that don't have the modern worship today. Well, why don't we have it? Well, because God's word has rules, and the rules say that worship must not be according to the flesh. We must worship God in spirit and in truth. It says that we have to be reverent in our worship, and it has other rules for worship. It doesn't say, there's not a verse there that says, says, your worship has to be such, 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 but there are principles in the Bible that must be followed, even though it's accepted by everybody. And here we have Uzziah went across against the rules, and he was judged greatly for it. Well, pride is a real besetting sin of people, a real besetting sin. And we all tend to be lifted up in pride sometimes. Like I was talking about my great heroes, Lee and Jackson, even at certain times they were lifted up a little bit. And we're all lifted up in pride many times. And we have to watch. that. remember Satan. What was the great sin of Satan? Pride. He got himself lifted up. I will be like the Most High God. And and what did Satan appeal to with Adam and Eve? He appealed to their pride. He said, you will be like God himself if you take of the fruit. And so pride is the thing that Satan appeals to. That's what he's all full of. And we don't want to be full of pride. What do we want to be full of? Humility. The opposite of pride. And you know, that's something very difficult to find in our world around us today is humility. Do you ever notice what people talk about the most? They talk about themselves the most. And they can be very eloquent about themselves. And they can go on and on and on and on. Well, that's because, you know, they're lifted up with pride somewhat. They're concentrating on themselves. And they're not interested in other people. And, of course, a humble person is interested in others, not only in himself. Well, today in our world, we have the autonomous man. The autonomous man. The man can do everything if he just puts his mind to it. He's lifted up with pride. But that pride has been brought low many times. Remember with the Titanic. It was a ship that even God couldn't sink, and it sunk on its first maiden voyage. And remember, the space shuttles, they were like the epitome of of our technology. And the challenger went up and blew up. And, uh, you know, God is in control. And uh, the thing is, is the people think they are so great. And they think, I'm rich because I'm so smart. And Bill Gates and Elon Musk and all of them, the super rich, well, they think they're rich because they were so smart. It's not because of that. Ecclesiastes tells us the race is not to the swift, the battle is not to the strong, and riches are not to men of understanding. But what? Time and chance happeneth to them all. And that means God's providence working things. And that, you know, Bill Gates, he happened to be at the right place at the right time. And so he got very rich. And with all these other people. And you know, another group of people that like to get lifted up with pride are the medical doctors. And they think they know everything. And they th- they're going to tell you what it is and they're very upset if you don't agree with what they say right away. And they say, well, why are you coming to me if you're not going to follow what I say or whatever? But the thing is, is that we had a good example of how the doctors aren't always right just recently with Pastor Anderson of our denomination over in Tacoma. He, uh, about a year or two ago, he had uh, a hemorrhaging in his brain and had a bad bleed there, and the doctors gave him 48 hours to live. And they wanted to put him on hospice right away. Well, here it is a couple years later, and he's still around. The doctors don't know everything, except they're lifted up with pride to think they do. And we can all be lifted up with pride. And so we need to watch that, that besetting sin. And, of course, Christ gave us that great parable there of the publican and the Pharisee. Remember, the Pharisee he was lifted up with pride. And he said, I'm glad I'm not like these other sinners, like that publican. And Jesus said, you know who was justified there? It wasn't the Pharisee, it was the publican. And what did the publican say? The publican said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And we need to be humble like that. Let's bow in prayer. O Lord, we pray that thou would bless these thoughts to our hearts, if they're from thy word, and help us to be humble. Help us not to be lifted up with pride. In Jesus' name, amen.